here in Washington, D.C. for a thing that we call Washington Watch. Right now with National Corn Growers Association talking with Angus Kelly, Director of Public Policy, Trade, and Biotech. we got this thing going on in Mexico. Turned into a real brouhaha at this point. What's the next step? Next up is for the U.S. government to have some backbone and go ahead and do a USMCA case. We believe we'll win it. We believe that it's a flagrant violation of USMCA. Their claim that it's unsafety, GM corn. When I say government of Mexico, I'm just talking really about the president in the National Palace. This isn't some sort of grassroots concern or the general public having a problem with GM corn imports. It really is certain environmental activist groups working hand in glove with the top in the National Palace. And, you know, I feel like we're having the same conversation we had at 2022 Washington Watch because it's not going far. Secretary Vilsack has done an excellent job. He's forced the issue, but it's up to the U.S. Trade Representative to file a case. That's what we keep screaming for, but I feel like we're screaming into the wind a little bit. But we're not going to stop, and I think we're closer. The size and scale of this violation, considering that Mexico's historically our number one friend and trading partner, we don't see how the Trade Representative can continue to ignore it. The scale is too big. There's not a whole lot of white corn in Indiana, but certainly yellow corn goes to food uses as well. And by the way, when it goes to the border with Mexico, you don't know if it's going to go to feed or food use. They don't ask those questions, so it's an unholy mess. A political maneuver masquerading as science is, is, is a problem. Why not just say, look, this is what we decided to do. This is a question of sovereignty, and corn has a special cultural heritage in Mexico. We would have some time for that. But to say the corn brand is unsafe is a problem. Given the fact that Mexico's our number one buyer for U.S. corn, there is some urgency to this because of the uncertainty for the grower. Well, I'll tell you why we can't put it off. When we've seen customs officials around the world, China, Japan, in recent history, find unapproved genetic material, what that means, that's just a fancy way of saying, anytime you commercialize a crop, corn, soy, canola, cotton, whatever, that's genetically modified, you have to get food feed export approval by that country that you're exporting to, or if, or if it's just a chance it could end up in their supply. You have to get that approval from their government. So if GM white corn is illegal today and some enterprising environmental activists like Greenpeace goes in and it's not hard to test to see if there's GM material in, in a tortilla, if they find that, then we could have a big trade problem on our hands. That could overnight stop the import of whatever crop, white corn or yellow corn. So the stakes are pretty high. And to think that exporters, the grain traders, the merchants, the food companies that are putting this stuff and whatever their, their ingredients are, they're just going to ignore the decree and say, ah, oh, yeah, I know that's that maybe it's just political bluster. They're not actually going to test. Well, if the government of Mexico doesn't enforce their de facto ban or use of white corn, it's easy to trace. So, yes, it's urgent. And I don't know what's taking the U.S. Trade Representative so long. It's not like we're drafting the Marshall Plan to rebuild Europe in 1945. This is not that complicated. We can win this case. And so we're not going to let up until USTR does a formal dispute under USMCA. This recent agreement between China and Brazil didn't exist before. And I don't think farmers understand how this is really going to impact the trade that we've all of a sudden become pretty fond of with China. You know, we were talking about the power of a regime change when the president of Mexico came in. All of a sudden, we had a strained trading relationship with Mexico in terms of agriculture, our number one ag export. Well, likewise in Brazil, 
President Bolsonaro was more isolationist and was not making deals with Beijing, whereas the new president, Lula, as he's known, has sent dozens and dozens of government officials from Brazil to China to make deals. If you ask me, I think if Brazil and the U.S. are both supplying the Chinese market, they have such a big appetite for high-value corn, but I think we both have room at the table. But Brazil has sharp elbows, and they're a strategic competitor, and they can take our market share, and I'm sure they will do their best to take our market share. So we can't stay on the sidelines, and that's long concerned us, and I'm sure a lot of my commodity group brethren is that we're leaving money on the table. We're not assertively making trade agreements, lowering tariffs like the other countries are. I say this as a national corn guy, Brazil's corn's not bad. <laughs> so um, no, it's, it's, it's inferior to U.S. corn. Let me be clear about that. But corn's a commodity, and we need to take the threat of Brazil seriously. What are some of the optimistic things with regard to corn right now? Because trade around the world, there's a lot of hungry folks out there. Yes, and growing, I think, still something like 870 million people in the world are food insecure. You also can't talk about exports without talking about ethanol and DDGs. We just inked a deal with Japan to buy U.S. corn ethanol. And a lot of the biofuels policies, like the Renewable Energy Directive in Europe, may open some doors. The United Kingdom may open some doors on more ethanol exports. So, Surprised recently about the EU and ethanol. So far, it counts as a renewable fuel. It's a little bit like California. We sell into the country of, excuse me, the state of California. They buy a lot of corn ethanol, too, because of their renewable energy mandates. And it looks like India is another pretty optimistic opportunity, at least on the horizon. Didn't the Indian population just over? take China's population. So I think for all the commodity groups, India is the holy grail. We would love to get access into that market. If you talk to anybody in Geneva or the trade negotiators, they'll say that India is the toughest nut to crack. But there's no doubt that, you know, there's so many thousands of uses of corn. There's no doubt that there's potential in India. And I know the U.S. Grains Council is in Delhi and they're trying to sell more stuff. Angus Kelly with the National Corn Growers Association. It's always fun to talk. You bet. Thanks. Podcasts by Federated Media.